While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. Today we're going to talk about some of the various counties in Northeast Georgia. And for help, I brought a friend, my phone. Hey Siri, how many counties are there in Georgia? Here's what I found from wikipedia.org. The U.S. state of Georgia is divided into 159 counties more than any other state except for Texas, which has 254 counties. Okay, 159 counties in Georgia. When I was in fifth grade, we had to memorize the names of every county in New Jersey. Uh, There were 21 of them. Each county is its own place and has its own story, which deserves to be told. Not everyone could make an entire episode, so I'm going to put a few together. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put on this copy of Freebird that I just downloaded, which is 9 minutes and 18 seconds long. And I am going to try to explain the name origins of five Georgia counties before Freebird ends. All right, here we go. Rabin County. William Rabin was born in North Carolina in 1771. He and his family moved to central Georgia to a house in Powelton near Sparta. He served in the Georgia House of Representatives and later the Georgia Senate, representing Hancock County. Up oh, bonus, Hancock County was named after John Hancock, and that makes four counties named after signers of the Declaration of Independence. In 1816, Benjamin Hawkins died. We've mentioned him before as an agent to the Native Americans of Georgia who helped survey the line between Cherokee and United States land right here in northeast Georgia. The governor of Georgia, who was David Mitchell at the time, planned to leave office and replace Hawkins, and as president of the Senate, Rabin was next in line. In 1817, he was elected to a full term as governor. At this time, American soldiers in southern Georgia accused a community of Seminoles living just north of the Florida line of raiding and murdering settlers in the area. They demanded that the Seminoles turn over the raiders. They refused, and their town was burned down. The first Seminole War had begun. Governor Rabin called out the state militia and sent them south with orders to burn some Seminole villages. The captain of the militia made a mistake and instead burned a creek village, killing 10 Native Americans. Andrew Jackson, who had been sent to command the federal side of this whole operation, wrote Rabin a letter stating that the creek were fighting the Seminole alongside his forces and that a state governor didn't have the power to attack another nation that was at peace and allied with the United States. He demanded that the militia captain be arrested. Rabin stood up to Jackson, and we're going to see this a lot in this episode. Rabin said that the federal government had no control over a state-run militia, especially where issues involving Native Americans were concerned. This was a popular position with the people of Georgia. Rabin was governor for just under two years. He died kind of suddenly in 1819. A parcel of Cherokee land was designated a new county two months later and it was given Rabin's name. Lumpkin. 
Wilson Lumpkin served in the state legislature and was elected to Congress four times and then elected governor twice. He then was a United States senator. He was born in Virginia in 1783, but the family moved when he was very young to Wilkes County. Bonus, John Wilkes was a member of the British Parliament who felt the colonies were not being dealt with fairly and who fought for freedom of the press and who was also known as the ugliest man in England. Back to Wilson Lumpkin. Lumpkin had vivid memories of Cherokee raids and specifically of hiding in a fort for safety for weeks at a time. He traveled throughout Georgia in between terms as a U.S. representative and met several Native American tribes. From these experiences, he felt two things. First, the Cherokee were on track to be removed to the West by the federal government, and attempts by chiefs to slow or stop that removal were not in the best interests of the Cherokee people. The Cherokee could not maintain their culture while settlers spread through Georgia, and a permanent home out west would free them from the constraints of the U.S. government or the Georgia government and allow them to live as they wanted, possibly emerging as a new state sometime in the future. The other thing, of course, was that the Cherokee were on, as he says, the best land. When Andrew Jackson became president in 1829, he immediately recognized state control of Native Americans, dismissed Native claims of sovereignty, and called for removal beyond the Mississippi River. As governor, Lumpkin opened Cherokee land to the land lottery, disregarding any treaties or agreements the Cherokee had with Washington, D.C. Lumpkin had wild popular support in Georgia. He wanted that land settled by any means, and with the people behind him, neither the federal government nor its judges could stop him. When he stepped down at the end of his term, he called for strong measures to convince the Cherokee the utter impossibility of their remaining longer. A year later, his term in the Senate began, and Lumpkin continued pressuring President Martin Van Buren to set a final date for the removal of the Cherokee. In 1839, 13,000 Cherokee would begin walking west on a trail that would be marked by 4,000 Cherokee graves. Lumpkin County was founded and named, oddly enough, in 1832, while Lumpkin was still governor. Forsyth. While in Washington, Lumpkin would certainly have worked with John Forsyth, Secretary of State under Andrew Jackson and Martin Van Buren. He also served in the House and Senate and served as Governor of Georgia just before Lumpkin did. He was even Minister to Spain at one point and was a major part of the treaty that made Florida United States Territory. Forsyth was a believer in a strong federal government and voted to give Andrew Jackson the power to use the Army and Navy to enforce acts of Congress that local governors refused to implement. This didn't make him overly popular in Georgia, but a year previously, in 1832, Forsyth County was created and named after him. Elbert how many governors has Georgia had anyway? Elbert County was formed in 1790 and named after Samuel Elbert, who had been born in Savannah in 1740. 
He was a prosperous merchant and a prominent mason, and in 1772 organized a company of militia. He would later assume command of the entire militia of Georgia when war broke out in 1776. He defended Savannah and made some attempts at invading Florida, and when Savannah fell, he was taken prisoner and held until 1781. On his release, he commanded troops at the close of the war in Yorktown. He served one term as governor of Georgia and died young at the age of 48 in 1788. Towns Formed in 1856 and named for George Washington Bonaparte Towns, who was, well, you guessed it, governor of Georgia from 1847 to 1851. He began his political career representing Talbot County in the U.S. House of Representatives. Bonus, Talbot County is named after another governor, Matthew Talbot. The issue of Cherokee removal led him to the opinion that states had the right to assert themselves over federal laws and treaties. He used the state's rights platform to win two terms as governor. He did some good things for the people of Georgia. He established a plan for free public schools, built a hospital, well they called it an asylum for the deaf, and expanded the railroads here in his home state. Facing the Compromise of 1850, he called for a state convention which would produce the Georgia Platform. We talked about this with Robert Toombs. The Georgia Platform averted secession and war, at least for a while, but this wasn't really what Towns wanted. By now, he was a vocal supporter of secession. He did not see it happen, as he died in Macon in 1854. Hey! I made it with time to spare. Okay, Moving Through Georgia is a history podcast mostly focusing on Northeast Georgia. If you have any questions, comments, or complaints, please send them to movingthroughgeorgia at gmail.com. All one word. On top of that, let's just add one more. Looking at a map of Northeast Georgia, you have to wonder how there's one county named Lincoln County. After all this talk of secession, all this talk of states' rights, why on earth would there be a Lincoln County? Well, Lincoln County was created in 1796. It was formed out of part of Wilkes County, and it was named after General Benjamin Lincoln. He was an officer who assisted Georgia during the Revolution. Lincoln eventually became Secretary of War, and he was the commander who put down Shays' Rebellion. We'll get to that another time. But the story is that Benjamin Lincoln was the commander who received General Cornwallis' sword when he surrendered at Yorktown, Virginia. That's all.